Welcome back to the Crypto Trends Podcast, where we cover all things cryptocurrency, blockchain, Web 3.0, and AI. I'm Robert Croak, and I am joined by my co-host, Armando Pantoja. Both of us and our amazing team are excited to bring you the best information, guidance, and strategies each and every Wednesday. So follow along and always remember to take notes and take action. This episode is going to be extremely valuable as we're going to dive right in and explain where Bitcoin is right now and talk about the scenarios we can see happening next. To execute at a high level, we must be prepared and Armando and I aim to provide you the best information each and every week. From there, we're going to share two extremely valuable resources that we use to analyze where assets are relative to their overall market cycles to help you paint a picture of just how early we are in the crypto markets. We will wrap this episode up by discussing the major catalysts that are looming in the crypto space right now, and then answer questions we have received this week from you, our amazing audience. So let's dive right in. Talking point number one is a Bitcoin update and how to prepare for all scenarios. Armando, what do you make of Bitcoin remaining in the 52,000 range since our last episode? And what does that tell you about its strength? It shows me that Bitcoin is incredibly strong. And this isn't the first time that we've said this over the last year. In our last episode, we were talking about Bitcoin trading at a level that hasn't been seen since December of 2021. And guess what? In this episode, we're still talking about it. That shows me great resilience and great strength. I completely agree with you. It would be one thing if Bitcoin got up to these levels and then immediately dipped. But it seems as if Bitcoin is knocking on the bull market doors, so to speak, right now. Despite the strength we see, we do feel it's our responsibility to keep our audience aware of all the possibilities. Like we said last week, we don't want to get too bullish, too fast, even though there are many reasons for optimism in the markets right now. Being that we're still about two months out from the halving and Bitcoin has a history of correcting before or around the halving, we do want to err on the side of caution. Exactly. And that's what we can't emphasize to our audience enough is that we're somewhat likely to see a 20, 30, even 40 percent retraction from this point on Bitcoin. But what is that? That's a great opportunity to dollar cost average in. Now, whatever is happening in the market at a given time, people tend to believe that that thing will continue to happen into the future. There's actually a term for it in trading. It's called hot hand fallacy. And what that is is psychological bias that makes people believe that whatever is happening right now in the market will continue to happen. This is the reason why people will successfully exit a position and go right back into that same position because they feel like that that stock, crypto, or asset will continue to go up, even though all the signs that they're able to see tell them that that's not the case. Yeah, I see this all the time, and that's why I'm always preaching to everyone, when in doubt, zoom out. I can't say it enough. People see a 5, 10, 20% correction, and they forget all about their investment thesis that they started with. And it's just really problematic that people don't understand that if you go into your investment strategies with a thesis of what you're looking to accomplish, you won't make these mistakes of these knee-jerk reactions and sell-offs. And it's so important for everyone listening to understand that. It's so important to discuss these things and you know, at least know that they exist because when they happen to you, you'll realize what's happening, you're able to act you know, in a rational way. 
So a correction of 20, 30, 40 percent sounds crazy now, but it could happen. And one day in the future, you'll be glad you heard it here first on the Crypto Trends podcast. You'll be prepared and ready to execute. Always remember that corrections are part of the path upward, but they also present great opportunities. If it does fall 20, 30, 40%, you don't want to be 20 years down the line thinking, what if I would just listen to those two crazy dudes on the Crypto Trends podcast? And let's say you already have enough Bitcoin and Ethereum in your portfolio. Any correction for Bitcoin at this point will likely result in an even stronger correction for the altcoin market. Imagine being able to buy the altcoins you missed at a 30, 40, or even 50% discount right before we enter a full-fledged bull market. Again, we're not saying this has to happen. We're just pointing out that historically it has happened and people need to keep an eye on this. The reason we can't emphasize it enough is because being prepared is the only thing you can control. You can't control what the market does, but if you are prepared for all the possible scenarios, you'll be able to execute with confidence and that's just so important for all of our listeners. And drawdowns are a great opportunity. Let's say for example, a crypto stock or whatever drops 50% and you're able to get in at that position. If it goes back to where it was before, you just doubled your money. And that's the great opportunity that presents itself when we have these retractions or retracements. I think a lot of people would agree with what you just said. I know a lot of people are distracted and busy with things like the Super Bowl, NBA All-Star Game, the newest Netflix show. But it's very important to at least conceptualize these financial scenarios so when they happen, you'll be prepared. So the best way to prepare for situations like this is by doing what's called limit orders. For example, let's say me and Robert want to buy Bitcoin when it dropped to 38,000. We could set a limit order that would automatically buy Bitcoin at that price, regardless of what we were doing at the time. We could be sleeping, we could be on a plane, we could be at the gym, it doesn't matter because the trades would then be automated. We'd be able to take advantage of a drawdown that could happen quickly. Robert and I are extremely busy. We don't have time to look at charts and watch the movements of the market at all times. So this is a great way to make sure you're able to take advantage of the retracements and retractions. Yeah, this is a great part of this and a really good point for everyone to understand is the more you can automate your investments, whether it's this way, dollar cost averaging, a certain day of the month, whatever it is, it just really helps you take the emotion out of it and understand that automation is your friend. We go into our accounts and instead of selecting market order, which buys the crypto, whatever the current market price is, we select limit order, which allows us to set the price and the quantity for whatever the price that we want that particular crypto at. The automated order will not execute until that coin reaches either at or below the price that we select. This is great because we could be in a meeting or wherever we are on the planet at the time and our orders are still fulfilled. Yeah, I have a great story about this, and it's not great in a good way. Um, I was boarding a plane when XRP was getting ready to touch its all-time high. You know this story, but the <laughs> listeners don't. And at the time, I was going to sell, I forget what it was. I think it was going to be 50,000 XRP at $3.40, which I thought was going to be the all-time high, and it was clicking up. I was like, no worries. I had it out. I'm boarding the plane. I'm like, it's okay. I've got a little bit of time. The plane... the Plane flight is three hours, and I'll just do it once I log on to the uh, internet. And sure enough, the internet was down on that flight. 
So right at the time we took off, it was at like 325, 330, 335. Boom, we take off. I'm like, great, this is awesome. And then I ended up not being able to sell until we land, and it bounced back down to like 274. I remember that, too. It was early. It was either late 17, early 18. I remember when that happened. And I remember the story when you told it to me. Yeah, so this is a great point for everyone listening that – by executing these automatic trades, it just really prevents you from being in this situation where something like that can happen. So I'm a victim of my own laziness with this in this instance because I didn't execute it that way and I learned by leaving a few thousand dollars on the table that could have been prevented. Yeah, crypto markets are immature still. I know they've been out for what, 13, 14 years now, but they're still immature. So these quick drawdowns can happen just like you experience or quick you know, impulses. So it is important to understand how limit orders work. Yeah, and exactly. It also removes the human emotion out of the investing process. If I'm watching Bitcoin correct the $38,000, my emotions may trick me into not buying, even though my logical brain tells me it's an obvious buy. And that's a big part of trading is the constant conflict between your logical mind and your emotional mind. And that's what stops a lot of those emotional decisions. Yeah, that's why so many people say, oh, I wish I would have bought at those prices. I should have known. Much like we saw during the COVID crash. I remember even pre-COVID, people would call me and say, should I buy now? Should I buy now? Should I buy now? As it was going up and up and yeah. up, they wouldn't buy. And then as soon as it corrected 20, 30%, they would call back all jovial to poke jabs at me and say, oh, I knew it was going to go down. I knew it was a scam. And that's it's just ridiculous because they just try to time the market through human emotion. So by setting our buy limits, we are strategically entering by automating the process for the price levels we know are strategic, and we are less worried about how it gets there. It's so, so important. So Robert, what are some potential limit order levels that you're looking at right now? Yeah, that's a great question, and I'm sure our audience is wondering as well. I like to go about this extremely strategically rather than going all in on one level. And I know this can be confusing at times, but I generally would look at having kind of four levels set. Order one for me is like at a 10% pullback from the current levels, which is approximately at the price of $47,000. The second order for me would be like at 20%, which would put us at about $42,000. Then the third is at a low made at the previous pullback at 38,000. And then of course the last and fourth one would be at around $33,000. And that would only be if there was something crazy, a big catalyst in the market that caused this size retraction. Right now, I don't see that happening. So I'm very comfortable having none of these come to fruition. And in the end, the point here is that none of these have to hit. If Bitcoin keeps surging higher, then I am happy because my Bitcoin bags are already loaded. However, if Bitcoin does dip one more time before starting the party, I'm definitely going to be adding more. I love this approach, Robert. And what I think is that it does one key thing, and that's remove emotion from the equation. Emotions will cause you to make horrible mistakes. That's why it's important to understand how markets move and how markets work. It will help you remove emotion from the equation. Gaps in your knowledge are filled with emotion. It will cause you to make horrible, horrible mistakes in your trading. By truly understanding how these markets work, and we've been through it for years, a lot of mistakes, you know, wins and losses, right? Mm -hmm. We can understand and we have an advantage that the average investor does not have. And that comes with experience. 
At the end of the day, that's why we're doing this podcast, so we can share the insights, wisdom, knowledge, and experience, and resources with you that we didn't have when we got started. I mean, back in 2010, 11, 12, when I was really getting underway with Bitcoin and Ethereum, there was nobody to talk to. I didn't know you back then. <laughs> there was like eight of us spread across the planet trying to figure all this out of where it goes next and what were the best investment strategies. So this really segues us into point number two, which is understanding the psychology of a market cycle. In this section, we're gonna be sharing an amazing resource with you, which completely puts into perspective how these four-year cycles go. So Armando, take us through point number two, psychology of a market cycle. I think this is one of the most important ones. Each and every day, we're talking people off the ledge, getting them to understand to zoom out, don't make knee-jerk reactions. I should have all of these things tattooed on me so people can just see it. Frequently asked questions are all over my body because so many people suffer from these things each and every day. So with incredible experience, a lot of wins and some losses, me and Robert have compiled a Wall Street cheat sheet which outlines the psychology of the market. If you're watching the podcast right now, the chart is gonna pop up on your screen. If you're just listening, we encourage you to please take a look at this chart. Robert, can you take us into it? Yes, I'm so glad that we're bringing this chart up this week. So many people forget to zoom out, and that's why they fall victim to the emotional phases of the market cycle. By identifying the phases and understanding where Bitcoin or your favorite cryptos are within it, you'll be able to navigate far more strategically. You always hear me say, when in doubt, zoom out. For this episode's purpose, let's start on the part of the chart that is panic. Take a second to get there, and if you can't take a look right now, listen up and take a look later. Okay, now that you're following along, I'd like to point out that this phase was right around the time that the FTX news came out in 2022. Bitcoin had already corrected nearly 60%, and people truly felt it could not go lower until the news came out, and I'm sure all of you remember that day. Following the panic sell-off, it created a great deal of anger, and so many people got wrecked by that move. Many said screw it and sold their Bitcoin within the market because they couldn't handle the pain and fear, and we see this every cycle, and this is why people need to zoom out, remember what happened last time, and do their own research. Then there was anger. I think we all understand what that phase looks like because it comes from holding through the majority of a bear market and then panic selling to then realize you sold the bottom soon after. There's an old phrase that too many retail investors, they buy at the top and sell at the bottom rather than doing the opposite. And this is exactly what we're talking about here with this graphic is for so many people to understand. It goes back to Warren Buffett saying when there's blood in the streets, even if it's your own own, that's when you're supposed to be buying. And so many people get it backwards. They wait until the euphoria hits, they buy at the top, and then as soon as it has any kind of correction, they sell and then they repeat the cycle. And that's why they get wrecked. And then later say crypto or stocks or index funds are a scam because they're not doing it the right way. So, so important. So walk us through this a little bit more so everyone can understand these different psychological portions of the markets and the cycles. I wanna add on something that you just said is that when people buy at the top, sell at the bottom, it's called giving money to the market, right? And regardless of how much technical analysis you know, regardless of how many 
books you read. If you don't control your emotions, you will consistently lose in any market. Emotion control is very important. Whenever people are panicking or they're angry or you see a lot of those type of emotions in the market at that time, this is actually a great time to buy. Think about it with Bitcoin, right? Is that when people became angry, the prices began to plummet. People gave up and they sold everything they had. I actually told people that was crazy, but that's another story. But there's a term for this. It's actually called capitulation. If you were buying when everybody else was angry, you were buying at the price points of 15 to 20,000. And that was actually at the market bottom. And your investment would already be up 200% now, well before the halving even takes place. This is why Robert and I use this chart to understand where we are and where the masses are in this cycle. Exactly, Armando. After anger settles down, prices really don't do much. And so people fear further downside, so they aren't buying. Meanwhile, the whale investors in smart money are loading up their bags, which sets the foundation for a big recovery. Again, why we tell people to zoom out. Eventually, prices start to recover, but what happens? Retail investors are still scared from the brutality of the bear market, and instead of recognizing the opportunity here, they enter into the disbelief mentality, which simply put is this is a sucker's rally. We see it over and over in every bull market. And sometimes it's better, and we hear this every single day, to just not look at it all the time. People will come into my lives with you, my public lives, and they'll ask me like, did you see the price today? Did you see what happened today? I'm like, no, because I'm not looking at markets and cycles on a day or a monthly basis because I'm looking at the long-term phases of the market. So do you think this is a phase we're in right now, a sucker's rally, Armando, or do you think we're fully into a bull market yet? So I don't think so. I think what happened is that over the last year, year and a half, the banks, the elite and the rich have been buying up Bitcoin and we've seen it in the news. Uh, and that was during the disbelief phase. Right. So I think that we're actually a little bit past the disbelief phase right now. I think that since we broke above thirty two thousand, that many people are starting to realize that this is the real deal. I think that breaking that resistance point back in October of 23 of 32,000 put us in the hope phase when people start to realize that this is actually the real deal. And as for right now, I think that we're in really right now in the optimism phase. Uh, people are starting to get excited, but I think we're still very early because there's a lot of people out there that still think Bitcoin's down and still are not in the market. The important thing I think everybody should realize right now is that the biggest move will happen over the next three phases, and that's belief, thrill, and euphoria that you see right here on the chart. But what this also shows me, Robert, is that we're, we're still very, very early into this crypto bull market, and there's still a lot of opportunity uh, for people to have. Agreed, Armando. I believe that currently we're sitting between hope and optimism and that the larger moves will come when the having kicks in, just as we've seen in every other market cycle. And for everyone to understand, it's not an overnight thing. We could see months after the halving where the prices don't skyrocket because I think everyone looks at these market movements and these news cycles like with the spot Bitcoin ETFs and the halving coming that just out of the blue money's going to dump in and the price of Bitcoin is going to go from 50, 60,000 up to 200,000 overnight. It's a long process with ups and downs and it's very important for people and everyone listening to understand that. 
So by utilizing charts like this, we're truly able to navigate these markets with a deeper understanding of how they work. While resources like these won't tell you what price to buy at or what the price chart is going to do tomorrow, it will help you create an awareness of where crypto is in its overall market cycle. And that's why we want to touch on these more historical price targets and historical movements from the past because it'll help people better understand and mitigate their risk. And that's why one of the reasons this Crypto Trends podcast is so important to everyone that follows along is for us to be able to break all of this down for you to help everyone understand the macro levels of the crypto market and what is happening right now so they can invest wisely and from an educated position. So I think that segues us perfectly into point number three, following the money, which is understanding how to use the crypto market's total market cap as a valuable indicator, which is another critical tool that we use to gauge where we're at in the market cycle. Now that we've identified using this Wall Street cheat sheet where Bitcoin is in this bull market cycle from a psychological level, we want to show you how we analyze and we see if this aligns with how money is entering the market. So to do that, we look at crypto's total market cap. And what that means for some of you out there who don't know is that that's the total amount of money that's invested at any given time in cryptocurrency. Armando, can you show our audience how we use this to gauge where we are in the market cycle right now? From the bear market lows of 2015 to the top of January of 2018, the total investment went from $2.11 billion to almost $750 billion invested in the market. From top to bottom, that equates to 350 times more money entering the crypto space. So let's look at the 2020 bull market, right? The bear market lows made in December of 2018 to the highs made in November of 21, the crypto market cap went from roughly $92 billion to $2.95 trillion. And that's approximately 31 times more money entering the market from bottom to top. That's unbelievable and just shows how much money truly floods into crypto during these bull runs. I think it's important to note that each crypto bull market has seen the percentage multiple decrease a lot, but that's because there are trillions of dollars already entering the market. If we were to assume that the total crypto market cap would increase by just 600% from bear market lows put in during the 2022 crash, that would get crypto's total market cap to over $5 trillion today. Currently, crypto's total market cap is only at $1.91 trillion, so that should give you an idea of how much money is still on the sidelines waiting to enter this market trillions of dollars, which blows my mind, considering that you and I have been in crypto since 2010, 11, 12, and yet we're still that early on. This is why we patiently wait for our pullbacks at this stage of the bull market. So that leads us into point number four, catalysts in this bull market. Armando, with trillions of dollars entering this space, it's going to require major catalysts. So let's talk about some of the various reasons we're considering that will fuel cash into the crypto space in the coming months and years. So I think the biggest, the biggest opportunity out there that we talk about all the time is the Bitcoin halving, right? Is that that's on the horizon. It's right now, it's around mid-April when that's supposed to occur. And I think another opportunity out there 
is the inflows into the Bitcoin ETF. Yeah, I'm very happy with where we're at right now and looking at the supply and demand with Bitcoin and everything that's happening with the Bitcoin ETFs because we were spot on. You know, we felt that as these got approved, it was going to be a buy the rumor, sell the news situation. And that's exactly how things played out in the last few weeks. So I'm very excited and continually happy with where we're going right now with Bitcoin inching up over the 50,000 mark and just super excited about that. But also with the ETF, the Ethereum ETFs getting approved coming up, I think we've read that it was like a 75% chance they get approved. I believe it's higher than that. So talk us through that and what you like about that scenario. And then we can talk about a few other major announcements that are going to play into this bull run. So I really strongly believe in Ethereum going forward. But I think when Ethereum actually does become an ETF, which we talked about is a high, high likelihood of happening. So a lot of people said as high as 75, and I agree with you, Robert, on that, is that Ethereum has a clearer use case than Bitcoin. You can use it for smart contracts. You can use it to create DAOs. You can use it to, to hold and store data. You can use it for NFTs. There's a lot of people out there that will more easily understand Ethereum as opposed to Bitcoin. Companies, individuals, even retail investors. So I think that when this Ethereum ETF is launched, leading up to it, Ethereum is going to see a lot of movement upwards. And I think after it's launched, we're going to see, I think, even a five, ten, even $15,000 Ethereum going forward. I agree. And for me, it's always been with Bitcoin. You hear the people that talk down on Bitcoin that it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to go to zero. And they're forgetting one most important thing. Are we going to use Bitcoin to buy coffee? Probably never. There's no reason to because we have all of these other use cases with the Ethereums and the chain links and all the other coins that are out there. The way I look at Bitcoin is really, really simple. Store a value. Exactly. 100%. Coming from where I came from years and years ago of owning gold and owning silver, well, you can't hardly travel with those. You can't do much with it. And it's really kind of tied up because it just it's just not a great store of value that's going to go up in value as much as Bitcoin has done in the last 10 years. And so I think you're going to see more and more of the super wealthy, the hedge funds, the banks, and everybody buying up the Bitcoin because of its store of value in this new digital economy. So that's what I think is so important about Bitcoin, not the use case. Now, everything else, we want to see that really strong use case. You want to see the team, the community, and what problem it's solving. But I think we can put Bitcoin aside from that. So what excites me a lot moving forward now that we've tackled that and what is going to be further catalyst for this upcoming bull market is major innovations on the blockchain with upgrades like Poly 2.0, Dot 2.0, airdrops so all of these participants can get free money from blockchain networks and incentives, but also the fact that so many of these mining stocks and funds are pumping as well. So there's just so many different ways to look at how we can tackle this new kind of horizon for going into this bull market and really execute on it the best way we can. Yeah, uh, innovation is always a key in new technologies, right? Is that a lot of, and I want to touch on a point that you said is that Bitcoin was created as a currency, but it's evolved into a store of value. Mm -hmm. Now, technologies along the adoption curve tend to evolve. Twitter was not created for what it ended up being, right? Bitcoin may have been created as a currency, but now it evolved into a store of value, right? And we're very, very early in the lifespan of cryptocurrency. We're 15 years in. 
Now, major innovations, digital camera, the phone, and all the other electronics we use now, it took years and years, decades, to have severe infiltration into society. And Bitcoin's very early, we got a lot of time, and innovation will probably more than likely drive the next, uh, the big price increases that's coming up in the future. So Armando, take us into point number five, our favorite portion of the show, and that is the Q&A from our audience. Yeah, we have questions from the audience. We always love these. So we have one user, Ian underscore Carlson asked, what method do you prefer to use to protect your crypto, code storage or other? Great question. This was actually covered in the last episode. Uh, we, the safest way to store your cryptocurrency is self-custody. The safest form of self-custody is cold storage. It, as it's compl- it is completely offline. There's no way hackers can get into your wallet and you are in complete control. How the wallets are great for convenience, but to answer your question, cold wallets are the safest method. So thanks for the question. Pacific underscore AGI asks, what are some cryptos I can buy this year that are less risky? Thank you for the question. And it's important to note that any investment carries risk. So always be sure to research your coins before purchasing. But generally speaking, altcoins with higher market caps are going to be safer, especially those altcoins that have been through one prior bull run. Potential coins to look at could be Solana, Polkadot, Matic, Chainlink, just to name a few, but never forget that if you're just getting started and you want to have a balanced portfolio, to always have Bitcoin and Ethereum in your portfolios as well. So Brown 8 asks, uh, will, will the altcoins have a bigger gain than Bitcoin, XRP, and Ethereum? Thanks for the question. Remember that XRP and Ethereum are altcoins. But in general, altcoins will see bigger gains in a bull market as opposed to Bitcoin. But they also carry more risk because in a bear market, they also take on more losses. But with that extra upside potential comes extra risk. That's why we recommend balancing your portfolio with some like Bitcoin, Ethereum that are mainstays, staples, and, you know, bringing in some altcoins because Every play or investment can't be a swing for the fence. You have to be rational and practical in your approach. If you don't have strategies for selling those small market caps, they can become dangerous. Thanks for the question. B-S-K-K-E-R-G-1 asks, which coins do you think will outperform expectations? This is a very difficult question, considering there are thousands and thousands of coins, but I'll give you three of my favorites right now. Injective, Immutable X, and Jupiter. These are my three top picks right now that I'm dollar cost averaging into and that I think will be great in this bull run. So JMac316 asks, what do you mean by take the top off? So let me take this one because I talk about taking some off the top all the time, and I think that's where this question comes from. And what I mean by that, you hear me talk about having an investment thesis so you know what your expectations are when making an investment. So by taking some off the top, if you wanted to make a 20% return, a 30% return, a 50% return, whatever it is, when you get to that point in the investment, The taking off the top means that you're going to take some profits out of that investment so you can book that win, whether it's the 20%, the 50%, the 100%, whatever it is that your desired motivation and thesis is around this investment, taking some off the top is just that, 
book the win, take some profits, leave the rest ride if you want, and really just then play with the house's money. So that's what taking it off the top means. And such a great question, J-Mac. And this leads us into our final question. Is that life of glow? I hope I said it right. Uh, ask, what do you guys think about the GameStop stock, GameStop stock a few years ago? Well, that's exactly what Robert said. It's, it's a good way to, to talk about how, this, uh, how some people were affected by this. It takes some off the top. But what happened with GameStop, for those of you who don't know, is that GameStop started around $4, went all the way up to $500, and it was pushed by hype. It was a meme stock. So people promoted it online. A lot of people got behind it and pushed the stock far past where it actually should have been fundamental-wise. So a lot of people thought that, especially new people, there was a lot of new people in GameStop. Robin Hood. Robin Hood, mm-hmm. a lot of new investors during the pandemic. They didn't really realize how markets move. And we hope that this episode has cleared a little bit of that up for you. But they didn't understand how markets moved. So what they did is they thought that GameStop will make them rich. So they may have got in at four, five, ten dollars. It rolled all the way up to five hundred. And they didn't understand that there would be a severe retraction because hype cannot hold a stock or crypto up. There has to be utility. There has to be some type of fundamental basis for that rise or there has to be some innovation. If any, none of those things are present, then it's all hype. Hype fades because some people, the smarter people, start taking some off the top. <laughs> yeah, that happened recently. I just watched the This Is Not Financial Advice movie that's about yeah. the Dogecoin guy. Exactly. And it was crazy seeing it in kind of like this real-time reenactment of what happened, where he went in and he put 150000 sold everything, wrote it all the way up to $3 million and didn't sell any. Then they showed the decline where he was down 10%, 30%, 80%, 90%. And they showed all of these different people that just had diamond hands and just refused exactly. to take money off the top. Don't do that. If you invest in something that creates life-changing money for you, any one of you that are listening or have someone that you know that is listening or you can share this episode with, don't be that person. Don't do it for ego. Don't prove. do it to prove a point. Take some off the top. Change your life. Invest in some more secure investments along the way. And then have that story to tell. Because I can tell you this. The last thing you want to be is that guy that made $5 million and lost $5 million and didn't change his life at all. You'll regret it the rest of your life. And the people that are online in these communities saying diamond hands and let's hold the line, they're the very ones that sell it. They're trying to beat you to the point because whoever sells first is the winner. So that's why it's important to take some off the top. You don't want to look back 20 years from now and say, man, I remember that time I had $3 million in Dogecoin and I didn't sell. And now I'm back to working at McDonald's. (laughs) Well, as I said in one of the prior episodes of the Crypto Trends podcast, the number one thing you hear walking the floor of a casino is I was. (laughs) I was up. I had. And just people need to understand Take profits along the way. I've been playing with the house's money in Bitcoin for so long that my dollar cost average, people wouldn't even believe if I told them what it was right now. And so just please, please understand from two guys that have been doing this for a very long time, be smart, make those gains, take profits off the top, and then you'll find yourself in a much better situation in two, three, five years from now. 
I want to thank each and every one of you for listening and following along. You can find us on Instagram at Crypto Trends Podcast and on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. We are so excited for 2024 and beyond and sharing all of our crypto insights with all of you. If you love the podcast, please share it with a friend and give it a five-star review, and we will see you next week.